Hey there, today on The Safety Geek, we're talking about effective safety coaching. If you've ever told anybody, hey, good job, I appreciate you doing that, and thought you were coaching, you were wrong. Let me tell you why. This is Safety Bri, your number one safety geek. Why do we have the behaviors that we do? Superheroes in the workplace, right? All of those things that go into making you an effective safety manager. I love what we do. Motivation, learning, teaching, training, teamwork. I I geek out over that just as much as I do safety. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Safety Geek. My name is Bri, your number one safety geek. I am so glad that you are joining me here today. Today we are talking about something that I feel is probably one of the most important things for you to learn in safety management. But I have to give you a little bit of a warning. You know how I geek out over the psychology of safety, right? So there's a lot of it in this episode. So if you're not into like the brain science stuff and the psychology side of it, I'm sorry, I'm warning you ahead of time. What we're talking about today is coaching and safety coaching in particular. And have you ever been like walking through your facility and you see somebody pick up a piece of debris and you're like, hey, Warehouse Joe, thanks for picking up that debris, good job, and then you just walk on, right? That is an accolade. That is something that, of course, you should thank the person for doing. Of course, you should point it out. But what I want to get across to you by the end of this episode is that that is not coaching. There is a big difference between safety coaching and just showing appreciation and giving accolades. So we want to do a combination of both. And I'll talk to you about the difference and why the two kind of don't mesh with each other and and how the two are kind of separate. So let's start off with talking about what safety coaching is. So safety coaching is having a question-based discussion with another person. I don't want to necessarily say employee because we are the coaches of the coaches. So if you're a safety manager, you're probably coaching a supervisor. But if you're teaching this to your supervisors, they're probably coaching the employees, as it should be. But if you're not asking questions then you are not coaching. So keep that in mind. So when you're talking to somebody, if there is not questions involved in that, there is no coaching going on. And there is some brain science to that. So when you ask somebody a question or when somebody asks you a question, you actually have to dig into your memory, into your prefrontal cortex, and you have to retrieve the answer. So there is some thought involved in it. And that is the difference between the accolade and the question-based coaching is that you want them to have to internalize the information, which means that they're going to assimilate the learning. So you want them to have to go into their brain to retrieve the information. And when you do this enough, you can actually habituate the behavior, right? So if I ask somebody over and over again, why is it important that we pick up debris? And their answer is like, so no one trips and falls. And then we do this several times. Eventually, it becomes a habit for them to pick up that debris. 
right? Or anything. It could be wearing your safety shoes. It could be how you're lifting product and that you're always, you know, bending your knees as you're lifting. So once you ingrain it into their mind where you've actually like strengthened that neural network through coaching, it just becomes a habit for them to always be bending at their knees and while they're lifting instead of, you know, bending over. So what I want you to think of, so the goal of safety coaching, you generally have two purposes that you're doing the coaching. You're doing it because one, you want to change a behavior. So you see somebody who isn't lifting properly and you want to coach them so that way they do lift properly. Or two, you want to reinforce the behavior. So that would be you see somebody lifting properly. You want to make sure that they continue to do so. And I have an article on this. I believe it's called uh, Positive Versus Negative Reinforcement. You can find a link in the show notes and you can find the show notes at thesafetygeek.com forward slash 45. And the link to that article will be there and it discusses why it's so important to reinforce behaviors. And there's this thing in psychology called extinction, where if you're not constantly reinforcing that behavior, there is a chance that that behavior will revert back. And whenever I hear that or whenever I read that, I always think about a lockout tagout program. I don't know about you, but that was my program that I always struggled to have people follow to a T. Like they would kind of do it, but like they might miss a step here or there, right? Because we had them locking out machinery whenever they were changing dies. And a lot of times they would just hit the e-stop and change the die because it was quicker, right? But if I was coaching on it regularly, I could get them to be following the procedure. But then as I started to spread out the coaching and they weren't getting coached on it as much, they would fall back into their old habits. So when you see that start to happen, then you know you need to increase the frequency of your coaching in order to get them to change that behavior. And this is a psychological phenomenon. This is an actual thing that happens to people that if they are coached on it regularly, they tend to do that behavior. So that's why we wanna do safety coaching. So you wanna make sure that you are changing a behavior and that you're reinforcing a behavior And without that positive interaction, without having that positive reinforcement, people tend to go backwards. So make sure that you're combining both. What I used to tell my supervisors is that when you are coaching people, like if we were tracking all of your coaching, it would literally be 90 to 95% positive coaching with just a sprinkling, a little peppering of some corrective coaching in there. That's the way it should be. Because if your training is good and everything is good, you're just basically coaching to reinforce behavior. I mean, occasionally you may have to change behavior unless you're know you you're just getting started in safety and they're not used to behavior-based safety yet. The reason why you wanna do it this way and that you wanna have the question-based discussion is because it is going to prevent the habitual answers. So I want to tell you the difference between an accolade or an appreciation and coaching. So when you tell somebody, hey, Warehouse Joe, thank you for picking up that debris. I really appreciate it. His immediate response is thank you, right? Or it should be or okay, no problem. Those are habituated responses. 
habits, once a habit is created, it actually, it actually gets downgraded in your brain into like the primal brain part of its function. This is why when you're driving to work, you don't even remember making the turns, right? You can totally zone out a lot of times. Your brain is just working on autopilot. Those habituated responses are working on autopilot. There's really no thought involved. Somebody gives you a compliment, you say thank you. No thought involved. It isn't until later on when Warehouse Joe reflects on the appreciation I showed him that any learning is coming from that. So there's no guarantee that he will do that. He may just pick up the debris, tell me thank you, and keep walking on and never think about it again. So when you do safety coaching, I'm going to stop Warehouse Joe and I'm going to ask him questions. And what that does is it forces him to use his prefrontal cortex and retrieve why he did it and start habituating that behavior of always picking up debris. So I might be like, hey, Joe, I just saw you picking up that piece of pallet as you were walking by. Can you tell me why it's so important that we pick these things up immediately? And it might sound stupid. It might be like, duh, so nobody trips over it. And that might be his response, but it doesn't matter. You asked him a question, he had to go into his brain and retrieve the answer. There was thought involved, and that's what you're going for. Without thought, you don't have coaching. So you have to make sure that you're forcing them to think about the answer. So he might even look at me and be like, Bri, duh, somebody may trip over this. I'd be like, hey, that's, that's right. Good job. So where do we keep any pieces of debris that we make sure, like what if you were super busy and you didn't have time to put it into the bin? What would you do? So I would follow it up with another question. If it was about something ergonomic, I might even be like, how did it feel when you picked up that piece of debris? Like if he bent down incorrectly to do it, I'd be like, how did it feel? Have you ever thought about maybe bending your knees while you're doing it and having that little bit of a conversation with him? That is going to force his brain to actually do some work. It doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal, but the difference is amazing. So there are some steps to coaching that I want to make sure you follow. And these are super simple steps and they might be obvious, but a lot of people forget about them. And they're just six steps. And as long as you follow them, you will see a drastic improvement in your safety coaching. The first step is you want to coach in the moment. When I see the behavior, I coach on it. It doesn't matter how busy I am. It doesn't matter that I'm late for a meeting. If I see a behavior that I'm possibly currently focusing on, so I know my trending, I know I'm having lifting injuries, I see somebody lifting properly, I'm going to stop and coach on it. So you do it in the moment. You don't go, oh, I, I'll catch him later and go, oh, Warehouse Joe, two hours ago, I saw you lifting a box and you just did that perfectly. And I wanted to know how it felt when you bent your knees to lift the box. So you're not going to do it two hours later. You have to do it in the moment. Number two, you have to go up to the employee. You have to talk. You have to go to them. You can't ask them to come to you. If I'm walking by and they're working and then I say, hey, Joe, come here. That has less of an effect as me taking the 10 to 6 steps, 6 to 10 steps, <laughs> to walk to them to do the coaching, or worse, if you call them to your office to do corrective coaching. No, you always go to them in the moment while they're doing it. 
if it is a corrective coaching situation and there are other employees around, then just ask for some privacy and say, hey guys, I need to talk to Warehouse Joe for a second. Do you mind giving us some space? Because you don't want to embarrass the guy with the corrective coaching. Unless it is something like everybody in the area can learn from it, you can just make it a group coaching situation at the moment. Right, so you're gonna coach in the moment, you're gonna go up to that person. The next thing you're gonna do is state the action that you saw. Warehouse Joe, I saw you pick up that piece of debris. Warehouse Joe, I saw you lift that box. I really need to come up with another name than Warehouse Joe, I apologize. Um, anyway, next you're gonna ask an open-ended question. It is not a yes or no that you're looking for. Yes or no are habituated answers. You need it to be an open-ended question to force their brain to go into the prefrontal cortex and actually retrieve the answer. And then have a short conversation. It literally can just be an exchange of two or three times and then you're done. And then you conclude it on a positive note. Hey, keep up that good work. The next time I see you, I know I'm not gonna have to worry about you having a back injury or if you see anybody else not lifting properly, make sure you point it out, be a good mentor, whatever, right? Just leave it on a positive note. So that those are these steps for good coaching. So let me review them again so you don't forget because they are that important. Coach in the moment, you go up to the employee, state what you saw, ask an open-ended question, have a short conversation that ends on a positive note. And when you think about it, when you think about those six steps, how much time do you think it would take? It really only takes two to three minutes. I have timed this with multiple coaches over multiple issues. And the longest I've ever seen it take is about four minutes. So on average, it's about two to three minutes. So we are asking our frontline supervisors, or at least you should be asking your frontline supervisors to effectively coach on safety. You are asking them to spend two minutes talking to one of their employees. And if they did that 10 times a day, you're talking about 20 to 30 minutes of their time in an eight to 10 hour day, that is not too much to ask that they focus on safety. And if they were to do that, it would be an amazing impact on the compliance within your program. So you might be struggling with accountability right now. You might be struggling with getting employees to follow your safe work practices. You might even be struggling with getting the supervisors to actually do the coaching. I can help with that. But if you can do this every day and have every member of management and every supervisor coach 10 topics a day with 10 different people, you would see an amazing turnaround in your safety program. Heck, if you cut that in half and just did five a day, I love the five penny thing. I know I've shared this with you before. You put five pennies in one pocket and then as you have an interaction with somebody, you move the pennies over to another pocket. This was like a Robin not a Robin Williams. <laughs> what was I saying? Tony Robbins thing that I got in my 20s. But anyway, they moved the penny. It shows that they did it and it kind of is that reminder that they need to do the coaching. Even if you did five a day, it would make a huge impact on your program. So before we end, I do want to give you one more tip because when I say open-ended questions, a lot of times people know what they are, but they don't know how to craft them. 
And so many people get confused going, how do I ask an open-ended question? I don't know how to do it. It is so simple. Open-ended questions generally start with the words, what, why, or how. If you start your questions with a what, why, or how, they will always be open-ended. And you're never going to get that yes or no answer. Alrighty, my safety friend, thank you so much for joining me here today. Make sure that you subscribe to this channel because we are working on getting all of my Facebook Lives to put them on here, as well as my monthly webinars that we do in the Facebook group. And I will not send out notifications for that. So if you're on my email list, you get a notification when I have a new episode, but it's only for these so it's not going to be for the bonus episodes. So make sure that um, you subscribe so that way they automatically pop into your feed. And if you get on my newsletter list, you can go to thesafetygeek.com and sign up for the newsletter. I believe it's at the bottom of the page. Then you will also get notified whenever I have a new episode coming out. So until next week, I want you to try this out. Make an effort to coach five to 10 people every single day using this method, measure your results, see how it works, and make sure you comment in the show notes at thesafetygeek.com forward slash 45 and let me know how it went. Alrighty, I will chat with you next week. Bye. You know what? I have a hunch that you have a BSF, a best safety friend, who would love to know about this show. Well, don't keep it to yourself. Sharing is caring. Stop what you're doing right now and forward this show to them. They will thank you. And don't forget to check out the show notes and links for this week's episode at thesafetygeek.com. <laughs>